My name is Matt Hodell, and I'm here with our first episode one, Bachelors of Art podcast. Hey, I'm Jonathan. We're trying to figure this shit out. I got this shit, dog. Anyway, we're both artists, and that's what we do for a living. It's what we do for fun. If we cook steaks for a living, we'd still go home and make art. Now, the biggest thing about art is, is that there's this misnomer that there's secrets, and that, that some people have it, and some people don't. And we're kind of here on this first first episode just to kind of crush some of those ideas. No, totally. Yeah, I think the the biggest struggle is to think of this huge citadel that you're trying to crack into. And the the biggest challenge is realizing that you just need to sit down and put in the work. There's no formula or anything other than just putting the time into your craft and making it happen. So Bastards of Art is kind of like a launching pad, just a, a platform for us to help deliver some of the things that we've learned and experienced. And, totally. you know, I mean, I know I've wasted a lot of time going down the wrong paths. I mean, one of the one of the worst paths I went down was I think I spent many years trying to get creative, artistic um, talents by osmosis, sitting next to people who were better than me and watching them and stealing their drawings without ever putting the work in uh, to what those artists actually did to create the drawings I was stealing. So, you know, to really start off, I guess the idea is like, how do you come successful, become successful as an artist? I mean, the first thing is, is I think you just need to define what you think success is. What is your goal? Right, yeah, I think setting goals is the biggest thing um, because what you don't realize when you're sitting down and you're watching people paint or draw or you're walking into a tattoo shop and you're seeing all those guys working, what you don't see in the background is the fact that they're waking up early in the morning, that they're putting the time in every day to do the drawing, and that's what the foundation that creates what you get to see whenever you walk into the shop or you get to look at a YouTube video of somebody speed painting and your mind's blown. What you're not seeing is the day-to-day -day grind that goes into that fruition in the end. I think that's the biggest challenge because especially in the internet world that we're in right now is with Instagram and Facebook, all you get to see is what people want you to see. You don't get to see them making coffee yeah, in the sure. morning. You know, you don't get to see them wiping their kids' the nose. The juggling act. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think one of the first steps too is like if you've decided and you've made your goal, whatever goal, like an example goal, goal would be I want to make a book. I want to do 30 drawings in 30 days. I want to learn how to oil, oil uh, paint, paint with oils. Whatever that goal is, you have to set it. Don't rely on someone else to set goals for us. I think in school we got this kind of like conditioning where... People said there's a test on Friday. Now you know what to study for. Uh, you want to try out for the team? Here's your requirements. But once we're out in the, this, this world where the possibilities are endless, people kind of get lost. Like, well, now what do I do with all this stuff? It's like, I know you know that feeling because when you go to like any art store and you stand in awe in front of this aisle with thousands of choices of paints or markers and you're like, I want to create something. I just don't know what, what to do. Absolutely. I think the first kind of the first thing is it's it's mindset you know like when you're setting a goal you're basically saying this is who i am going to be or you you could say this is who i am it's kind of a lot like I, I joke when i quit smoking i would say don't say i'm quitting smoking it almost acknowledges is that you've got one foot in one door and one foot in another in another and and i would tell people you would say 
I quit smoking. The minute you make up your mind to quit smoking, you say, I quit smoking. The minute you, someone asks you, do you, are you an artist? Do you do art? Don't, don't dilly-dally and say, well, I kind of screw around. Own it. Say, yes, I am an artist. Oh, totally. I, I definitely struggled with that, especially when I was starting to get into tattooing. And part of it was um, this whole idea that there's this... I don't know, you, in your mind you have it set up to where there's this big struggle to get to where you're at and the reality is you just gotta start doing it. And so my biggest challenge was owning the fact that, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be a tattoo artist. And for the longest time I was like, well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna call myself a tattoo artist until I get to a certain point, you know? Instead of just coming in and saying, okay, no, I, this is what I do you know, and owning the fact that I tattoo now for a living and this is how I provide for my family, et cetera, et cetera. Until you make that switch in your mind, you're not, you don't believe in yourself. You're not investing in yourself. So as soon as you do that, that's like the biggest part of like accepting yourself, you know, as they tell you that in therapy and whatnot. And I think that's a, that's the thing is that's your first hurdle is what what boundaries have you already set for yourself? You know, like once you own that, that first hurdle of this is who I am, um, then, you know, I think the other part of success is that you, you get a little, you get a little, I don't know, you get a little mileage. And, um, I think part of it is, is that we start to create these walls and they're, they're in our own head. Just like the first wall is like, who am I? I think the next walls are like, Things that you that you envision that I don't think other people I don't think successful people recognize. No, totally, and I, I think we naturally make getting to a certain point harder than what it actually is because Usually. we think like, okay, what does it take to make a Star Wars movie? And you're like, well, the first thing you do is you think, oh fuck, I just need all this money. When the reality is you don't, you just need to start like, let's write a story. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the biggest thing, um, there's this book called Rework that uh, my dad got for me. And in it- nice of him. I know, right? <laughs> they, they break down like, okay, if, if, you wanna, if you wanna start something, say a business, like what do you need? Everyone naturally gravitates to, oh, I need all this money, I need all this equipment. Right. And their thought process is, because they, they started a big software company, their thought process is take what you want to do and boil it down to what is necessary to make that happen. So they give an example of, all right, you want to make a hot dog stand, right? Right. So naturally you think, okay, I've got to get the cart, I got to figure out a name, all this jazz. And they say, stop, think about it. If you need, if your goal is to make a hot dog stand, what do you need? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So start there, focus on it. Like, what are you gonna do with your hot dog? What makes a good hot dog? What do you wanna say about your hot dog? What flavors do you want? Make that be your focus and then grow from there. Everything else will fall into place. But if you start out of focus, it's so much harder to catch I think that's a, a really big deal too is, is that, you know, I always say like as Americans, we're always thinking about what we'll be doing in the future. We really have a lack of being able to think about what we're doing right now. So a lot of times we'll, kind of envision what what our path is going to lead to and we're constantly like getting intimidated with our own goals of a mindset that we just created ourselves, you know? Like 
And like, like, he, like he was talking about, Jonathan was talking about chunking it down, um, getting it smaller and smaller, just getting to the brass roots of, of, of what we're trying to do. You know, um, I remember I worked on a project with a buddy and uh, we, we built a chopper. It was the first time I'd ever, I'd, I'd ever actually built a motorcycle. Like not just like buy mirrors and buy like a different, you know, uh, headlamp and a different gas tank. I mean, like we took a, a motorcycle and we, we stripped it down to nothing until it was just a frame. And the goal was to turn it in from a soft tail with the shocks to a, to a hard tail. And a buddy of mine was helping me. We were doing it in my garage. And he said, okay, cut the end of the bike off that where the back wheel goes. Um, and uh, then when I come back, we'll, we'll weld the hard tail up to it. So I was like thinking, well, how far back to the wheel be? Where is the seat gonna go? How do I want this to look? And I would sit and I would stare at this frame trying to envision the end result over and over again. And you know, a week went by and he came back over and he's like, why, why haven't you cut this bike yet? And I was like, well, I didn't really know if I cut it here, would I be ruining future opportunities? If I cut it there, would I, would I screw up the whole frame? And without even thinking or measuring, he grabbed my Sawzall and just whacked the back of it off. And didn't, you know, just like, he's like, who cares? You know, and that was a that was one of my first lessons. Where doing is is way better than than thinking. Oh yeah, well, it's also the added lesson that you learn more from failing at something than you do from being successful at something. Whereas, oh totally, if you yes. hacked it off and you're like, oh fuck, I cut it too short. In the end, you're like, well now I know next time. Yeah. Whereas if it was successful in the first time, you wouldn't know like if you were off an inch what you could have done better you, later on. You could almost say, plan your next failure. <laughs> and I think you would get more out of life and more out of your projects, whatever the art goals you set are, is if you say, what's my next failure gonna be? And and own that too, you know? We don't, I, I mean, from time to time, I, I set off on these journeys and I don't know how it's gonna end. And usually it ends in flames and fire, but I always take away something. So the next time I, I just, I minimize the workflow that much more because I go, well, I already know what's going to happen if I do this. Right. No doubt. You know? Yeah, I think, I think that's the benefit. It's challenging, too, um, now in digital because we get to be like, oh, that didn't work out. Let me try this again. Mm -hmm. I think that process goes so much faster when it comes to doing art. But, um, yeah, as far as life is concerned and still art, it's definitely a benefit. Um. There's also this idea that some people are artists and some people aren't. And I think it's kind of funny, like, this idea that you have to be so original. Um, if I gave my daughter a piano, <laughs> I would also give her a, a playbook to go with the piano. And I would say, let's learn some of these songs. And then maybe one day after mastering those songs, we'll come up with something a little more complicated and something even more complicated. Um, and one day she would be able to compose her own ideas and, and everything based on this foundation. But with drawing, there's this idea that someone gives you a sketchbook and says, start drawing, but don't draw like anybody else. Right, you're instantly <laughs> supposed to have your own thing. Your own style, your yeah, own right, flair, right. you know? And it's, it's just not true. It goes back to what we were talking about before, about you just have to put the work in. And I, I would say the same thing, like find, um, someone you you like, find an artist you like from any time period, um, and copy, copy them, break it down, break down every part of it, and 
draw that guy's, like if it's a guy that does portraits, draw all of his eyeballs. Then go back and draw all of his faces. Then go back and draw all of his backgrounds. And, and put that's part of putting the work in. And eventually you'll get to a situation where you're, draw, you're drawing something completely different and you'll remember, oh, you know, when I broke down so-and-so's, like I, I, I lean on Doré a lot. I really like how he does clouds. And so I've done a sketchbook where it was, a lot of the sketchbook was just mimicking his clouds. And now when I go to draw clouds, I, I try to remember, what did he do? You know, and I, I kind of studied a little bit, so I already have kind of a head start when it comes to, when it comes to that. So the big focus is on your creating your own style, you know, that final look that all your work ends up being. And is, like going back to the music and what you were saying about that and how you don't start off this great master. All it is is about putting in the work and understanding the fundamentals and getting the keys under your finger and all of that. Once, you, once you've built that foundation for yourself, then you get to start being like, well, now I'm gonna approach this camera in a certain way. Like, I wanna draw it this way. You get to think about it in that aspect once you've understood things like form and light and contrast and all that. Whereas if you sit down without all of that and you're like, well, how do I wanna draw this camera? You're instantly drawn into, I'm gonna make that camera look as realistic as possible because that's what you know, being human and looking at the world. And I think the disconnect is when you when you first start drawing and sketching it, it's not gonna look anything like the camera because you're still edging everything out. And I think, there, I think a lot of people have a certain anxiety that allows them to give up faster mm. or they have a certain anxiety that, that each pass that you're supposed to put into a drawing or a painting, um, you start skipping them because you want to hurry up and get to the end result and see what it is. And so you skipped all these crucial passes so that it would develop your drawing and you end up with this kind of like hodgepodge. Or, or you're getting frustrated because you think like, oh, I don't get it. Like all those other guys, they got it. Oh, like, they just look I, at stuff I'm and it's easy. Something. No, yeah. totally. Yeah. And they, you know, you think, oh, they just do it so, so, so effortlessly. It's like when you, well, I remember the first time I watched Schultz draw the, the, um, big headed dude, Charlie yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, like in four strokes, he had on a white piece of paper, he had drawn Charlie Brown. It's like, oh, yeah. oh it's amazing. I, I don't know how he does that. It's like, I don't know, because he drew it for 40 years and he already knows where everything's at, you know? Yeah. And it's okay for you to actually draw a circle and then find where the ear goes and find where the eye goes on your own, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, it's also muscle memory too, you know? Like, it all develops over time. The whole thing of like going to the gym, like, you don't, unless you're doing steroids, you don't bulk up all of a sudden. You know, it's, you're putting a year's worth of work into it to hit a certain point. And I think that's it. Are you willing to put the work in? Are you will, are you willing to start this path and see where it goes, you know, Absolutely. and not, not concentrate on so much on where you want to be, but just be on the path, just start working. I think, I think a lot of thing that, that throws people off as well is they sit and wait for a moment of creativity. They sit and wait for a moment yeah. of inspiration. And I know for myself, routine plays a huge part in, in my creativity. Yeah, you do get roadblocks, but it's the, the momentum that you've built up to it. You know, It's the fact that every day you sit down and you pick up a pencil and a piece of paper, that repetition, repetition over and over. And working, the hardest part that I was always told is, 
It's so important to work through the shitty times when you don't feel like you have any creativity oh, or you so. don't have anything to say. Like, take those times to like sit down and do still life drawings. Like, if you can't literally think of anything to draw, a big rule that I made for myself. If I started a new sketchbook and I didn't like, okay, well, this is the first page, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's so the clean page. Yeah, I always skip that page because <laughs> I'm like, this page is the one that's throwing me off. So I've been doing this for 20 years. Just Every time I get out. a new one, no, I leave it there oh. and I skip it and I go to the second page because the first page is too. Frustrating. Is that why they do that in books too? I have you know? no idea. It's just why it's why I do it. <laughs> I always uh, I made it a rule for myself. If I ran into that, I would do a self portrait. Oh, I would I would there's no <laughs> ego involved there, is there? <laughs> totally. This is what I look like. There's like a cape, and I saw that picture you drew with the abs and everything. It's really nice. <laughs> but I think I think I think the side effect of what what Jonathan's talking about of working through those stifling moments of of this lack of our creativity. You have a right brain and a left brain. The entire time you're going through school, we're exercising that right brain. It's, it, and you know you're in the right brain when time drags, when you know exactly um, how long five minutes is. You know when you're in the left brain, it's just like being in a car and next thing you know you're in Kansas City or wherever you're driving to. Somehow you get lost in this left brain and, and, and you, you're able to think outside the box and be a little more creative and, and problem solve and engineer and wonder a lot about what ifs. And by doing those projects, I know you just did the daily drawing. You tried to do one drawing every day in October for yeah. October. I know for me, doing stuff like that, like waking up in the morning and doing 30-minute drawings helped make it... It was easier to switch into left brain mode because I'd already done the push-ups. I'd already Absolutely. done... I just did air quotes. <laughs> I'd already done the, the exercises that helped me get me into that mode. It's just like somebody walking onto a football field after they've had dinner with their family. You know, mm -hmm. How can they even get, you need a moment in between, you know, you need to transition your mind, you know? Oh yeah. Well, the, the inside of that too, like, okay, you set yourself up, you're, you're doing this thing on a daily basis. Within that too, you go through roller coasters. You know, mm -hmm. like you start off and you get really excited. You're like, oh, I got this momentum, I'm doing a really good job. And then you hit this point where it's like, shit, like I, I don't feel like anything's progressing. You know, I, I'm not getting anything out of this. What, what do I draw? Like, you get frustrated with yourself just because you, you're starting to get burnt out. And then it's just like, okay, well, if, if I'm making this too big of a picture, like, let me simplify it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't wanna, if this roadblock of me, like, well, what do I do next? If that's in my way, like, let's get it out of the way. Let's make it simple. I'm just going to draw my pencil today, you know? I, Set smaller goals for yourself so you can keep the momentum going rather than just walking away frustrated. From and it. I also have different, different, what do they call it? Different logs in the fire, different stakes in the fire. Oh, totally. I don't know what that phrase is. Irons. Different, <laughs> you know, make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> I got different irons in the fire. So that I have go-tos depending on my, my mood. I mean, I draw digitally. I love painting digitally and I have that. I also have, um, I, like, I really like doing ink and brush. Um, I also just like doing pencil drawings. Um, and so I have the ability to kind of pick what I'm gonna do for that evening. So like a typical day for me would be, I wake up around five in the morning and 
I have a small routine, you know, get coffee, take a shower, all that normal stuff. And then I have areas, I have about two or three different areas that I like to sit down and draw and work in. I do all that and then we start the day. Now it's about seven o'clock in the morning, kids get on the bus, I drive into the shop and I have about, I try to get here before everyone so the shop's a little bit quiet and I get in another mode and then I start my work day. Mm -hmm. Then I work till about five, six, seven o'clock at night. And then I'll go home, do my commitments to the family, dinner and whatnot. And then when everyone settles down, I'm either reading and again, just getting your brain outside this world, or I go actually go back to drawing again. And I don't, and it's nothing to do with anything that I'm working on work-wise. It's totally for me. It's I have to make that me time. And then I know the next morning I've got to draw again. So what I'll do is I'll actually get everything laid out. Mm. That means organizing reference files, creating a folder, creating creating whatever it takes for me to take care of tomorrow's work. So when I wake up the next day, I open it up and there is no reason for my right brain to scream at my left brain, check Facebook, right. look at your emails first, get lost looking at pictures on the internet. Oh my God, the rabbit hole of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But for me right now, it, my my whole routine is just like a shattered mess between <laughs> moving and having a, a four-month-old baby on top of a almost four-year-old son as well. So trying to just function in one piece is the hardest part. But yeah, the the importance is like getting to that routine to where you have momentum behind yourself because at least from where I'm coming from right now, I'm just like, shit, I don't have enough time to draw, you know? Like, I don't have enough time to do my laundry, cook meals, eat, you know, on top of taking care of a sick kid and changing diapers and all that. But you have to. But you do, yeah. You just have to make it happen. Yeah, you have to. I don't know. I don't even know how to... It becomes lifeblood after a while. I don't... Right. I mean, we have a blended family. I have five kids. We all have these things, and it's so weird, but... You, if you don't get that, I mean, if you're, if you, if you don't get that workout time in, your, your brain just. You have to you protect. Doing? You have to protect your time. Like you have to, like there. You, we all have these emotional obligations in life that we have. To, we feel like, oh, like this is my family. I gotta take care of them. You know, where you realize you get to a point where, if I'm going to accomplish X, Y, and Z, I have to create this sacred time that I protect no matter what in order to make that happen. Because it's so easy to get to a point where it's like, fuck, it's been like two weeks since I've picked up a pencil, you know? Mm. And when you sit down again, you you know it right away. You you, you let down the one person who's watching. Right. You. <laughs> you know, it, it yeah. sucks. I I think, you know, to kind of wrap it up, we, we talked about what we were gonna do for this first episode and, and the, the theme was, the, the there's no secrets. The only secret was there's no secrets. Right. Um, and I would say my take on what that means is the only thing blocking you is you. It's up to you to smash whatever walls you've created for yourself, whatever misnomers you have, whatever reason. I mean, if you need to write it down on a piece of paper, write all your fears down of why you think you can't do something yeah. and then crumble it up, throw it away. And like Jonathan said, Concentrate on your hot dogs. Right. Pick, pick out what kind of franks you want. I don't. What would what would the, that title mean to you? The, the 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 only secret is there's no secrets. The it is what it, is, it says exactly what it is. Uh, you are the one that's creating 
it bigger in your mind than what it is you know like you sit down like oh i can eat this big plate of food and your stomach's like no you can't you know like in your mind you're like oh my god all these other people are on this pedestal and when you meet them they're like the messiest people they have no manners and you're just like why did i create that image and it's because you look at their work and you like well if someone creates this then they must be like this you know and it's just like no they just Focus on the tastic hand that gets you to where you want to be. There is no magic formula, you know, there, there is no like, oh, that's why people create like these groups around it. It's like, oh, we're going to hoard all these secrets and there is no secret, you know, it's just hard work. Yeah, I, I think that's true. As my artistic journey has gone on, I think I found that in the beginning, like I talked about the osmosis idea of just trying to be around people and steal their energy. Mm. I think what I found is, is that I was the blocker the whole entire time. And once I started producing, it was weird. All of a sudden, other people that were like-minded, like Jonathan, we just came together. And I think that's what the, the greatest thing is. If you, if you, if you just put the work in, you'll, it's just a new world, I think. Yeah, focus on yourself. Just stop trying to like figure out what, what other people's formulas are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, cheers, high five. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, next week.